Countdown Survivor Series Best Of continues. Last week, we hit you with the best five eliminations. Just in my opinion, opinion, the ones I thought were the most fun, you know. And I try to think. And the thing is, I was I, I did research on. I started I, when I started this list, I was trying to go off the top of my head. And then as I got more and more into it, I started doing a little more research instead of trying to go off the top of my head because there was so many Survivor Series were obviously, you know. 30 years of it, so I was just kind of like, dang, you know, and, and, I, and I kept seeing a lot of the same revolving door stuff, and I just didn't enjoy it or whatever, and, but that's why I said I, I need to change it to what I find to be funny or fun or interject, whatever, and so we did the best five eliminations and the dumbest five ways to be eliminated, the tropes they use, we talked about that last week, so for the next two weeks, and I believe... Yeah, so we're doing the best five moments this week, the best five matches next week, and then the final week of Survivor Series, uh, on Survivor Series Sunday, since I'm not recording, I just won't do one, because like I said, I mean, I'm recording, but like, the show comes out Monday, so it's like, it won't even matter, you know, so that's why I want to get them knocked out the next two weeks. And then that way you'll have it. That way it won't be like Survivor Series happens and then this happens. Um, as we as we're doing this show right now, uh, I'm actually recording this on on a, on a Monday night, and I just saw that Braun Strowman um, qualify for the men's match, and I'll get into that more next week on, on next on this on this show. I, earlier in the show, you'll hear me talk about it, but um, I have some thoughts about that. But anyways, the best five moments. Once again, these aren't. I didn't want to rank them in order. Because that's that's just too much at this point. I don't like doing lists like that. I just like look, I like write. If I'm doing a list, I like writing a list down. But like it's in no specific order. It's just what came to my head. So number one that came to my head, best five moments. Number one that came to my head was Sting's debut. I remember seeing a meme the day after this happened, and it was a nuclear explosion. It said the internet when Sting debuted and Dolph Ziggler went over. This was such an epic match that was ruined. That was so ruined in the, in the weeks to come. They didn't take full advantage of this. Uh, yeah. The, oh, my God. I remember. I think I think someone told me Sting was going to debut at Survivor Series. It wasn't anybody. It was it was someone. Uh, I can't say their name because I just can't say their name. But I think I think they kind of ruined it for me because they're a huge Sting fan. They kind of well, it wasn't ruined, but like they spoiled it, right? And they did it because like they know me. Anyone knows me knows you can tell me the entire plot of a TV show I'm watching. I'm still gonna watch it because 
even when you're telling it to me, we tend to tell things in what we find to be the most intriguing aspects of it. So we're not actually going d- d- detail by detail by detail. So a lot of times it's still the shock and awe factor. Like I had someone who I know uh, told me the entire Infinity War movie. I think I've shared the story before. I've shared it again though. He told me the entire Infinity War movie, the entire thing. And it still wasn't ruined for me. Even though I knew it was coming. And I, I think I enjoyed the fact that most people like in the audience hearing the, oh, and the, and the what, you know, I think I, I, I think that's what the movie theater experience with something like that really benefits. Um, someone told me the entire Civil War movie. Yeah, it's just, you know, like I said, it's, it's so this person, um, they texted me that morning and then they called me and then they were like. Oh my God! Can you believe it? Sting's gonna debut tonight. I was like, Oh really? Word? They were like, Oh shit! My bad, homie. <laughs> I was like, It's all good. It's all good. Um, he, he, this person didn't know. Uh, uh, this person didn't know. Uh, I guess necessarily in how it was gonna happen. He, he just knew it was gonna happen. So, anyways, um, let's, get, let's let's get some backstory on this. So, it's Survivor Series. It's Team Authority versus Team Cena. Team Cena wins. Authority's out of power, completely out of power. At the time, it was Triple H and Stephanie. And anyone knows me knows I. In the Attitude Era, there were four people that were just my guys. Four to five people, right? I'll say five. Triple H was my WWE guy. I for some reason I just loved me some Triple H. I just did, right? Uh, he was my WWE guy. My WCW guys were DDP, Booker T, Jericho, Eddie, Benoit, Dean. You know, but my WWE guy was Triple H. If, if we're playing a game of Triple H, like he was my number one guy. Like now, when people ask me who my favorite wrestlers are, it's one number one is tied with Jericho and, and Macho. But at one point in time, that was Jericho and Triple H. And then the early 2000s came, cool, cool. And then 2003 came, and I could never see Triple H the same after that. He's still top 10 for me, probably, but he, he dropped so hard. And then I think this era also dropped him harder because it's just too much sometimes. Sometimes it's just like, why so much of the McMahons? You know, I got this what partially, or if not always sold, you know, but they always had a great villain, I mean, excuse me, a great face that could uh, compliment them, and the more that, like, and the more that you got there, to me, I don't think, no one, no one, first of all, no one ever came close to Steve Austin versus McMahon's, no one ever did, and if you could say the closest person that came to it was ben, was Daniel Bryan, he was the closest, and they completely botched that because they didn't want to do it, like, to me, that whole story from SummerSlam to WrestleMania could have been perfect. Daniel Bryan could have won the Rumble. You know? He could have last eliminated Batista. Then they take it away from him because they didn't they could then they could have taken it away from him. And somehow he could have gotten it back the same way they took it. Technically, Austin didn't win 99's Royal Rumble. McMahon did. But because McMahon then gave it up. Commissioner Shawn Michaels said, oh, hey, no, you gave it up. So that means that the next to last person that was in gets it, Steve Austin, you know? Then you could have had Triple H versus Daniel Bryan at the pay-per-view before WrestleMania. They would have still killed it. 
don't get me wrong, their match at WrestleMania 30 was still one of the best matches. I was in the crowd for that match, and I remember I was with my ex at the time, and I remember when they, we still weren't sure. Even though everything looked like it was going to go Daniel Bryan's way, he beat Triple H, but then he got beat down, blah, 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 but then the Undertaker streak went away. So I remember my ex looked at me and said, holy fuck, Daniel Bryan screwed. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And it was so shocking and so and so different. And it was just like, all right, we didn't know. And then so when he when Batista tapped out, we all stood up in the area. I was, I was like, oh, they did. They actually pulled the trigger on it. And I was like, holy crap, you know. It, we didn't know. We really didn't know. You know, the same way we didn't know about Kofi Kingston either. We didn't know until we saw that 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 match in. You know, um, but this whole thing was botched from the, from the get go. Well, anyways, let's just let's saw that Survivor Series in particular. So all all five of these men had problems with the authority at some point in time. They were screwed over. You had Dolph Ziggler, you had Cena. You had Big Show, you had Eric Rowan, and you had Ryback. Ryback was on the fence now. Like, he was being courted by both parties up until uh, a couple weeks before. And then Ryback chose Team Cena. Big Show was humiliated by authority, and finally he broke free of them. And he ended up knocking out Triple H on uh, one. He, like, the shield was holding him, and he blocked it or whatever, and he knocked Triple H out. One of the better moments on on, on Raw. He also cost the shield the tag team championships to... Uh, uh, the Rhodes brothers or whatever. And so there was some good storytelling, decent, not good, decent storytelling of why these five people didn't, I mean, Eric Rowan was only in there because Luke Harper was on Team Authority. So I guess they were trying to, they were trying to get both of them over. Uh, I never saw anything Eric Rowan personally. Um, I don't think they did either, obviously. But um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was, it was interesting teams and you didn't know who was going to win going into, at least I didn't. You know, I knew, you know, I knew Sting was going to debut. I didn't, I, even though I knew that earlier in the day, I didn't know what he was going to do, you know. Uh, I was not given that information. Well, anyways, um, so you're watching this, and this match goes an hour. And it's, to me, it's pretty epic in every way. Because you have Eric Rowan that gets eliminated. Then Ryback, the biggest gun, gets eliminated off a Machka kick from, from Miro, Rusev. And, and so then you're like, oh, fuck. Freak, Rusev is gone. I mean, uh, Ryback is gone. That's one of their biggest guns. I didn't expect to see that. So then you have three on four, essentially, because Mark Henry was the first one eliminated, because Mark Henry was getting himself, Mark Henry at the big, beginning of the match, he's getting, he's getting himself jacked up. He's like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. And he turns around right into a knockout punch from Big Show and pins. So he was the only one eliminated. Otherwise, it was three on four. Big Show's in the ring with Cena. He's looking, he's looking at his options, and he punches John Cena out. And Seth Rollins pinned Cena. So Cena is the third man eliminated. So now your biggest gun is gone. Show turns heel for the 800, 8700th time, whatever the bleep. And he goes over, shakes Triple H's hands. So now the authority's laughing. Because now it's 3 on 1. It's Corporate Kane, it's Luke Harper, and it's Seth Rollins. And Dolph Ziggler's outside the ring. He's by himself. So Dolph gets in the ring. Dolph is taking, taking a beating, taking a beating. All of a sudden, he hits Corporate Kane with the zigzag, pins him one, two, three. Not a big deal. All right. We, you already know as a fan, it's going to get down to him and Rollins now. Because Rollins is the leader. So you know as a fan, it's going to get down to him too. I was assuming he's going to hit a, a, a whole spot and then they'll screw him over. It wasn't until 
I want to say 40 minutes into the match. I want to say 40, 45 minutes and maybe 40 minutes. Cause there was like at least five to 10 minutes before Sting actually showed up. And, uh, he rolls up Luke Harper and eliminates him. I'm like, all right, cool. And I realized I'm like, holy crap, Sting isn't debuted yet. I was like, is he, is it, my first thought was, is he going to factor into this? Like, I was like, kind of like, I was having one of those things that make you go hmm moments. I was like, hmm, is he going to factor into this? You know, I was like, what, what's about to happen right now? You know, I was, I was really curious. So all of a sudden, um, Dolph has a match one over and over and over again. He just has this match one. Joey Mercury, uh, Noble, they're, they're all just screwing him over. Triple H is screwing him over. Stephanie screwing him over. Everybody is just like, screw. it's everybody versus Dolph. And uh, finally, uh, Triple H hits the pedigree on Dolph. He puts Seth Rollins over Dolph Ziggler. So the match is over. Uh, at the time, uh, one of the Armstrong, I can't remember his name. It's not Brad Armstrong. Was it Brad? No, it wasn't Brad. It's one of the Armstrong brothers who's a referee. I can't remember his name. He's running down. He, at this point in time, he was a referee for the authority. So as he's running down, he's, he's about to make the count. He's like, one, all you hear is Sting's new music hit. And so Triple H, as Sting's walking in, Triple H tells the referee, hey, go stop him. So the referee comes out. The referee doesn't even get a word in. Sting punches him. The crowd is like, it's not going crazy. The crowd is like in disbelief. So it's like, so you have like half of the fans cheering, right? Like, yeah, yeah. The other half are like, we can't believe what we're seeing right now. So it wasn't like a bad thing. It just, it just wasn't the largest, in my opinion, it wasn't the loudest pop you would hear because people were so stunned. They were like, this, he's really freaking here. And then on top of that, Triple H is in the ring. So then Triple H and him go face to face. You know, and they're looking around. The flash bulbs are going. You know, having their—I call it their uh, Rock Hogan moment from WrestleMania 18, where you see the flash bulbs going off. Choom, 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 choom. All of a sudden, Triple H says, "What the what the bleep you doing here, man?" And Sting just like turns his head to the right, tilts it a little bit. It's like what? And Sting goes. I mean, Triple H goes for a punch. He misses. He gets kicked. Scorpion death drop. All of a sudden, Sting gets up. He walks over. Takes Rollins, because Rollins is dead. Throws him off Dolph Ziggler. Puts Dolph on top of Seth Rollins. Leaves. And all you hear is the one, two, three. Uh, you, you legitimately thought that... You legitimately thought that they had made a new superstar. I The, cr- the crowd went crazy for Dolph. I'm pretty sure his, his pop in Brooklyn was louder when he won the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I, I would need to listen to both of them back-to-back again. But I remember, but see, that's the thing. Watching these things on a network, you don't know what's been doctored and what's happened. Sometimes you don't know what's been doctored. I remember I was in Brooklyn that night because I went to that WrestleMania. And I stayed in, me, me and my ex stayed in Brooklyn that night. And we decided to, we weren't going to go wrestle to, to Raw the next day. We decided to go because someone gave us, gave us their tickets. So we were like, we didn't have nothing else to do. Like, F it must, we'll go, right? And so... That place went nuts. It was you heard you saw you heard that music. You saw him. You saw Big E. You saw uh, uh, AJ Lee, and that place went nuts. Um, I don't know. I don't know which one was louder. But I, I w- if I had to take a guess, I would say it was the World Championship moment from Brooklyn. But this one wasn't far behind. I legitimately thought. Dolph Ziggler was going to win the Royal Rumble and become the next World Heavyweight Champion. I really did. I truly, truly did, dude. And then the authority was out of power, so now you're, like, wondering, like, well, what's next? 
you know, wh- what are they going to do? Um, and, um, as I said, in, in the preceding weeks, they, uh, completely ruined that story for me personally. And, and it, it didn't even last two months, dude. It didn't even last two months. I thought it should have lasted until at least WrestleMania. And, and then you could put them back in power if you felt the need to do that. But there was no need to do that. Um, there was, there just wasn't, um, but that's just, that's just my opinion. Um, but this, but no, whatever. But it was, it didn't take away from Sting's debut. It was so impactful. Um, I don't know, but that's, that, that's just me. So that's, that's number one. We went a little long on that one. Sorry about that. Uh, this room, this reliving that was awesome. Um, the end of the invasion. This one may be divisive. <laughs> um, the match was good. You know, all, all 10, all 10 men got a chance to shine in my opinion to me whenever you have big men and it's like big show with mark henry they're never gonna get their due because they're, they're so they're so uh what's the word uh they're so company men that if you're gonna put them in a match for 10 seconds they're gonna get knocked down they don't care you know and and because they've been around for so long no one else cares that's why it was so weird last year when walter got knocked down in 10 seconds you know that's why i'm pretty sure walter I don't know if he's going to go to the main roster or not, but, I mean, he should at least go to NXT. If he's got, like, regular NXT, not just U- U- NXT UK, I wouldn't put him on the main roster. They're going to, I don't know, Vince wouldn't, Vince wouldn't know what to do with that guy. And after the matches he's been having, especially with the smaller guys, man, it's been fun to watch, dude. And he's he's given just as much as he's taken, so. But anyways, the end of the invasion to me was an important moment because we were, we were, there was some good stuff during the invasion. We didn't get the the real invasion we wanted, and we'll never get that. You know, here's the thing. Also, I take that back. We may get an invasion. It won't be a WWE versus WCW. It may damn well be an AEW versus New Japan. You can't tell me you don't want to see Kenta or Kota Ibushi uh, team up versus the Young Bucks, or you see Kenta versus Cody, or Kenta versus Pac, or or Kenta versus. I mean, I'm just using Kenta and Obu, uh, Kota Ibushi as his as his other names. What about Sonata? You know, like, like, like what, like, what about? Uh, I, 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 I could only imagine that because you could have, and because you've already seen AEW work with NWA. I'm just saying, you, you can see a lot of really good stuff. We still haven't seen Invasion. It's not the Invasion we wanted to see many years ago, but there was some good stuff in there. But to me, this was the tr- truly, and, and this was the, to me. I know some people say WrestleMania 17 was the end of the attitude era, and that could very well be true because Austin turned heel, and that's fine. To me, this was the real end of the Attitude Era, and really the the start of the next era, because you just could see the difference. You know, it. I still didn't. I, you could just see it. You could just feel it. You know, it's just different. Like to me, Rock versus Austin wasn't the same. Those two being the last ones left, and and Rock getting the win for uh, against a, against a turncoat Austin, it was weird. You know, and to me, it didn't have the same appeal. Um, Vince technically being the good guy, Ugh. but to me this 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 night was just important for wrestling because we got to move on. We all had a wish list. Probably wasn't realistic. And in fairness, I don't blame Vince. People keep saying I've, I've heard people say over the years, "Well, Vince could just bought the contracts out." Well, why are you going to spend reportedly five million dollars on less than a year of Hulk Hogan? Really? Unless, unless, 
they were able to stretch that full year and get a WrestleMania main event between him and Austin or him and Rock or whatever, like they, they, they ended up happening. And it was perfect storytelling all the way through, which you can't predict because injuries and stuff like that. Nah, nah, man. I agree with that. As a businessman, nah, man. He just purchased them for $2.2 million, And, like, you don't know what they're going to bring. You don't know if they're hungry. On top of that, both parties had to agree to it. Like, legitimately, he could have said, hey, I'm going to buy out their contract. And if they would have said no, they want to sit at home, he had no fucking choice. You know, but to me, this is not just about a match. It's about a moment. And to me, I think us as fans, even though we didn't see it that way, we kind of saw saw it as we were getting cheated. To me, I saw it as just end of an era, end of a... uh, a ridiculous wish list and and just uh just 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 me I from what I took from it the main thing was damn we 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 have RVD in WWE now now I can see him every week that's awesome you know me I saw it as, as that me I got to see Chris Jericho become a world heavyweight champion you know because he did win the WCW title I, I get it it was a WWE ver- version but WWE has always kept the lineage of WCW. So uh, it's still a WCW world champion. Technically, The Rock and Kurt Angle are former WCW champions, you know. So like, but to see Jericho get the world title, you know, uh, Christian and Edge broke up, but they got to feud and have a good ladder match and stuff like that. We, we saw some good stuff, but to me, this was a very important night to see where we were going, and to see that Jericho was a main event player in WWE, not just a we can use him for false finishes and use him to get other guys over. Because the very next month, guess what happens? He won the WWE Championship. His run, eh, we'll go, we won't go there. Let's not go there. But to me, you got to see some good stuff. But this was more of just seeing those matches and seeing the end of it. It was very important. Number three. I, I'm not even going to go into much detail on this because if you want to, you can go on the network. They're going to have 30 days of The Undertaker. But The Undertaker's debut. Look at that crowd. That None of that stuff's doctored. I remember that. None of that stuff is doctor. Those kids were scared. He was walking down the ring with Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Those kids, those people were like, what in the blue hell are we watching right now? They didn't know. And so, um, it was just terrifying to see. And then his first tombstone on, was it? It was on Coco Beware. It was the ugliest slash, looked like the most dangerous thing ever. He just, I don't even think it was him. I think Coco let go too early. I don't think Coco had seen the move before. I don't know. But go back and look at that first tombstone he delivers. Coco's in the freaking ropes. And it looks like he just spiked him. Um, so it, it was crazy, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to go into much detail. They're doing 30 days in the Undertaker. You're going to get so much Undertaker this month. I'm just going to leave it at that. Number three is Undertaker's debut, debut, though. Number four was just last year. NXT winning the night. It, this came out of pure... They just needed talent, you know. Um, they they just needed talent because of the whole being stuck uh, being stuck overseas and NXT filled in and NXT took over and they put NXT over big time. Now, a big part of that is they kind of had to because a little show called AEW Dynamite debuted and um, they had to put NXT over and they did. And the two people who had the biggest spotlight on them. I would say three. I would say three. It was supposed to be four. Because Shayna Baszler was almost at her 
up with her run at NXT, but that main event Survivor Series was not good between her, Bailey, and, and uh, Becky Lynch. Um, so it was supposed to be four, but Shayna didn't really fulfill her moment. That was really a, that was a terrible match, main event. But Keith Lee had his moment. Him being in the ring, he didn't win, but him being in the ring with Roman Reigns, you know, taking the spear, get, doing everything, also doing a moon solo on these guys. It's just the invasion moment they had that leading up to it. Keith Lee, you know, he was put over on big. You knew. He, you knew they, they wanted him on the main roster soon. Um, then you had Rhea Ripley, who had a hell of a weekend, along with someone else we're going to get to in a second. She won war games with her team, one person down after uh, Dakota Kai went heel. Um, and then she ended up winning her match the next night, you know, her elimination match the next night. You know, she, she was put over strong to, to the point where, it wasn't surprising that she lost the NXT championship to Charlotte Flair, but it was telling at how they still see, how Vince McMahon still see NXT. Um, and how he sees Charlotte, obviously. Um, but she was put over heavy. And the person that was put over the most was Adam Cole. Adam Cole had a hell of a run up there. He beat Daniel Bryan clean on an episode of SmackDown. He then had a weekend where he he didn't win elimination um that was uh war games. Matter of fact, Tommaso Ciampa put him through a a table from the top uh top of the dang old cage, but then he ended up having a hell of a match with him and Pete Dunne for the NXT Championship. Um, it was just that was star making and it's. It's kind of surprising they're still on NXT, um, but I don't even know what they're going to... I don't. I, it's so hard to have confidence in what Vince will do with these guys when he gets them up there. I've been watching... I've been watching... I think my first exposure to Adam Cole was in New Japan. It was an ROH. I know, he, I know he ended up becoming ROH world champion, but I think... Yeah, because he was in Bullet Club. So when he joined Bullet Club, was my first exposure to him, and then I followed him from there. But NXT was put over strong. Um, it, it, yeah, it hasn't really helped. I think they had their first one in the ratings last week with Halloween Havoc, and that was after how many weeks of losing the ratings war, if that's what we're going to call this. Um, but uh, that was number four, NXT winning the night. And number five, from 1999, I alluded to this last week, Let's get some background. It's Steve Austin getting hit with the car. At the time, I just I I would hear stuff and but I wasn't just I wasn't I wasn't as in the know as I am now. And, and now it's less because I I read it and more be, well now I read it because now I'm doing a show again. But before it was, it was less because I read it. It's because more people tell me, you know. And I didn't know what was going on that night. I do know it, it, it when I alluded to it last week, it was about Big Show having those three eliminations, like, they put Big Show over heavy, and the fans were going crazy for him, you know, in those matches, but if you think about it, there's a triple threat match in their prime that never happened, it happened one time, I think it was overseas, but I don't even think that was aired, I think it's a, I think it's a, a video of it, but I don't think it ever aired, and it was more of a house show kind of thing, but Triple H versus The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin never happened, you know, as far as in canon, like, so that's the thing we have to remember, right? So, like, when, when you're talking about stuff that's in canon, house shows a lot of times are only in canon when WWE wants it to be. Like, when 
Edge beat Jared for the Air Continental title or Diesel beat Bob Backlund for the WWE Championship. It's only in canon when WWE wants it to be in canon. So technically, it's not in canon. So technically, it never happened. But I was so looking forward to it. I remember it was like one of the first pay-per-views. No, no. The first pay-per-view I ever rented or bought was Survivor Series 96 because I, I just had a funny feeling Shawn Michaels was losing the WWE Championship. And I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan. And I was like, he's going to lose it to Sid. I just had this feeling, like, because he, he was getting booed up to that up to that point, And I was like, what's going on? Like, why are they booing him? I was like, he's going to lose tonight. And that was the first one I ever rented, right? Anyways. Um, so Big Show has a match earlier tonight. And so you don't think anything about it, right? All of a sudden, you see Austin chasing someone outside. And he's looking around, calling someone a piece of trailer park trash, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, you see a car just, boom. Steve Austin's down. All of a sudden, he's like, what the hell just happened? You know, what just happened? You know? And and so, like, he's obviously not going to be able to wrestle, but you're hoping as a fan he's going to wrestle. And so you're sitting back, and you're like, I don't know what to think. I didn't know what to think as a fan. And someone that was watching it with was like, yeah, Big Show's going to win. And, and he and it turns out he was a subscriber to uh, the newsletters. That's how he knew. But um, I was like, but why Big Show? And as we got more backstory, if you read any of Mick Foley's books, Mick Foley said that uh, they really want to put Show over. And the only reason Show had such a short title run is because apparently he went out in the garden and they booed him. So that's why that next Monday he lost it to Triple H according to Mick Foley. But anyways, um, so all of a sudden you have The Rock and Triple H, and then you have a surprise person that's going to be still still make it this triple threat match, and it's the Big Show. And Big Show chokeslams Triple H to win the, his first WWE championship, you know, which made him at the time a three-time world champion because he had won the WCW title twice. Um, but this, this, this moment was so impactful because it showed where the company was going, and obviously then you got to know that Austin needed surgery and blah, blah, blah. Um, but we had a full year without Austin. And I think technically that full year without Austin was one of the best years in WWE history, not just from a creative standpoint, but from a, a money standpoint as well. The Rock and Triple H took it to the next fucking level. You know, but it started here, and even though we didn't get the match we wanted... We had so many great moments come out of it. Washington, D.C., Steve Austin coming out during the Rock Triple H match at Backlash. The crowd went... I know people say the Road Warrior pop. What about that Austin pop? Sweet baby Jesus. Um, but it, none of this happened without Austin going down like this and it being so shocking. So what's next? What do we do? What's going to happen um, so, anyways, those are the five best moments, in my opinion. Next week, we're gonna have, we're gonna wrap things up, and we're gonna do the five best matches in WWE Survivor Series history. So, that's, that's it for the show this week, y'all. Have a good one.